Okay, hello again. My name is Colin Wallace Jr. and I talk about all things business, capital, macro, you name it, you'll hear about it right here. Like, comment, subscribe, share, download, all that good stuff. Uh, let's get right into it. Today, we are talking about 11 ways to source better deals. So whether you're venture capital, private equity, real estate, whatever happens to be, um, this is for you. And oftentimes the focus is on, you know, deal um, execution or getting getting deals you've already made to return, um, you know, whether it's 2x, 10x, 5x, whatever it is that you're wanting to get out of that, um, that opportunity. A lot of the focus is there when, you know, a large part of what makes a deal work or not in the long term is just can you source enough good deals to begin with right and a lot of you know um capital providers you look at their website or their materials and they'll say oh we look at you know thousands of deals per year and we only select two um you know and, and at what point is this you know you're being highly selective and rightfully so versus you know you're not getting the right opportunities and you're kind of either having to sift through a bunch of crap that you know you can hopefully avoid coming into your into your inbox or you know maybe you're just not seeing enough so you know we're going to talk about a few strategies that you can employ um to hopefully improve that and we've separated into three buckets right so one is just finding efficiencies being a bit more strategic and efficient um in your process for how you go about getting deals into your funnel um, the second one is building a brand right so even though you're the capital provider and you might feel like that's not part of you know what you need to be doing um we found that it is right it is helpful that you know the capital providers that have the strongest brand get the best deal opportunities that come to them right like if you're a sequoia or you're an um, andreessen horowitz or anything like that you're getting the best of the best opportunities coming to your doorstep versus having to go out and source them on your own and then the third one is just we're just calling it pure grit right so your ability to turn over every stone every leaf and find opportunities that could be a fit for your business right so with those three buckets let's get right into it we'll start with finding efficiencies okay so number one is being upfront and clear about everything on your website right like if you don't have a website then like we're, we're starting way behind the eight ball right now so get yourself a website <laughs> and be upfront and clear about everything in terms of your criteria on that website and sometimes what we'll see is that a lot of investors will not want to do that because they don't want to miss out on any opportunities um, they want to be a bit vague a bit mysterious for whatever reason but what we've noticed is that look if you have deep pockets <laughs> you're gonna get companies and opportunities potentially coming out of the woodwork anyways that would be a fit or wouldn't be a fit so you might as well do a bit of work up front culling a bit of the um of the the wrong opportunities out of the process by them being able to just go to your website and see exactly what you invest in and what you don't invest in and just again just try to be clear upfront about that as possible so that companies can somewhat self-filter themselves right away and both of you don't waste your time right so you might as well be upfront about that as early in the process as possible 
Okay, so number two then is using a quant-based scoring system or some kind of, you know, numerical filtering process and trying to do that as early and upfront as possible in the process as you can. So, you know, if we look back at that website, you've got your website, you've got your criteria. And if somebody wants to submit their opportunity, you know, having like a bit of a form or something that they can fill out and it has a few of those questions already preloaded. And then on the back end, the answers to those questions, you can give them a certain scoring um, or rating system. Again, they don't have to see that on the main website. That can be a back end thing for you internally. But that way, when you get these opportunities coming in, they're already self-selecting their way to the top so that you're seeing, you know, the 80th percentile first. And then, of course, you don't want to miss anything. You can kind of, at, you know, in a more appropriate timing, you can go through and see some of those, you know, um, yellow or red scored um, opportunities, and but really focus your time on the green ones. And if the green ones are not hitting the mark for you, then you know that, okay, it's either I need to adapt my questions in a certain way or the scoring criteria, or, you know, the whatever we're doing to attract opportunities, we're not attracting the right types of companies still. So we have a bit more work to do in that regard. But either way, having this scoring system in place helps get you a little bit further down the field um, versus just having any and everyone reach out to you. <laughs> Okay, so number three, then diving a bit deeper into your existing deals and finding out what they all have in common, right? And this goes beyond just your typical, you know, EBITDA level geography, um, you know, and, and industry kind of thing. You want to go a little bit deeper into sub-industries, um, niches of a sub-industry. Um, do they have particular functional strengths in, I don't know, finance, marketing, communications, are they taking advantage of certain trends? You know, what can you find and kind of really tease out? And to do this isn't just kind of a sit and down, take five minutes. You, you might even want to take a strategy day as a team and really dissect every one of those successful deals that you've had, as well as the unsuccessful ones to find out, okay, well, what went wrong with this one so that we know that maybe this is a certain type of deal we want to avoid in the future. And again, beyond just, you know, this industry, we don't want to deal with that industry anymore. It might be that simple, but it could be a bit deeper in terms of looking for certain culture, um, you know, uh, certain culture uh, factors or, you know, their approach to problem solving or certain traits with the management team, like really just diving deep on what are some of those similarities that you can kind of pull out and say, okay, this is uh, this is an ideal fit for us going forward. This archetype is an ideal fit for us. And that's what we want to focus on going forward. Okay. And then the last one for this section on efficiencies is leveraging technology, right? So simple things like a, a solid CRM system, um, using some of those databases that are out there and really just being able to use more than just, you know, 
a Rolodex or some Excel or, or, you know, business cards on your desk or something like that. Right. Or just your, your inbox. That's just overflowing and trying to remember the name of that one person. You can type it in control F for it or, or what have you. Right. You really want to be able to use tools like a solid CRM system that you and everyone on the team is updating and using consistently so that when you have opportunities, you can file that into your system. You can follow those companies over time and really build a relationship and really just keeping certain opportunities top of mind and knowing, okay, I'm not just going to run into somebody today and write a check tomorrow, but really being able to follow them over time, build a relationship, you know, loop back if it's not the right time. You really need a solid CRM system and a, and a database that you can comb through in a systematic way in order to, you know, not waste your time on, you know, running here, there and everywhere and, you know, trying to filter through your inbox for opportunities that come in and come and go. Okay, so building a brand. So we talked about the importance of this already, and let's get into a few strategies that can help us build a brand and see why that's important. So one would be identifying your team's value proposition. Now, you probably thought that this was only for the companies that you're investing in, um, but this is important for you as well, because more and more companies are looking at, okay, what can this capital provider do for me? And companies that are really worth their weight and are, are really sought after, they've got their pick of the litter. They can go to the capital providers that they feel are the most or, or are the best fit for them. So you really, you really want to be able to articulate what it is that you can bring to the table that can really support them and really be able to back that up. A lot of capital providers will say, oh, we've got, you know, folks that are experienced in X, Y, and Z, but can you really, how much can you really bring that experience to bear to push that company forward and kind of roll your sleeves up and really, you know, get in the trenches and help them get to where they're going. So don't just say you have a network, but are you willing to make those key introductions? Are you willing to help them push sales forward? All that sort of thing. You know, do you have an, an active alumni or advisory network that they can tap into and you're and you're not shy to again make those introductions you know fill in the blank <laughs> fill in the blank however you see it but that's key of knowing what exactly do we bring to the table that can really help push a company forward and how can we articulate that in a way that would be attractive to a prospective company that So once you've got that value prop nailed down, the next step is to start communicating that, right? So being able to brand yourself to attract better opportunities and also better LPs, right? Like obviously the first step is getting, you know, great opportunities in, getting great deals, getting a great return. Um, but down the road, every, every fund, every vintage, you want to attract even better LPs to your fund as well. And just the stakeholder community in general, that would be beneficial to your fund, to your practice. You want to be able to communicate to them why you are better than the other thousand capital providers that are out there. And again, a lot of folks, investors turn their nose up to this aspect, but this really separates the the KKRs, the Sequoias, the, 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 the fund providers or the, the capital providers that we all know from the ones that we don't that are kind of 
struggling to achieve the same success as the big guys that are out there that you hear about in the news all the time, right? So if that's your goal for your fund and your practice, this is kind of important, right? It's not just for the company that you're investing in. It's really being able to, again, take your value prop, articulate it and communicate it in a wide way that all your stakeholders will get a hold of. So that can be things like, um, you know, having a regular newsletter that highlights some of the successes that you're doing that you've got going on, um, hosting certain events and bringing people together. Uh, I think we've got some something more on that coming later on, so I won't get too much into it now, but really just taking that value proposition and being able to distill it down into um, clear marketing pieces, whether they're, again, emails, ads, you know, events, all that sort of thing. Um, and really just coming up with a, a campaign that you can really disseminate to your audience and let them know why you're a better capital provider than the other folks down the street. Okay, so seven, uh, having a pitch day, right? So we talked about this in the, the, in the sixth point on events and that sort of thing, but pitch days are great for a couple of reasons. One, they kind of get all of your stakeholders in one place. It's good for your branding and all that sort of thing. But also, obviously, it gives you an exclusive look at certain opportunities that you probably wouldn't have had a chance to see otherwise. Um, and it puts you in the driver's seat as kind of the, you know, the, the host or the curator of all these opportunities. So it really puts you in a really positive and elevated light light. Um, in the eyes of your stakeholders, be they companies, investors, LPs, um, you know, others, uh, support and service partners, all that sort of thing. You kind of have them all in one place and they're all looking at you as kind of the guru <laughs> of, you know, of, of your space. Right. And then two, a lot of these companies or, you know, these opportunities that might come by aren't companies that you would want to necessarily invest in that day but it helps you kind of get them into your pipeline, build a relationship and build a relationship, not just with the, the, the company, but with some of those founders, right? People have ideas, they might not work out. They might have another idea that's better down the line. And again, you've made a relationship with them now. You're tapped into that space. They might be able to, you know, introduce you to someone else who's doing something cool in that space and really just help you build your profile and build your um your network and your roots deeper into a community that you might be looking to to to, to get a get a hold in okay so last bucket now is just pure grit right and this is the the, the step that we're talking about in terms of just turning over every stone you know every leaf and really just finding better ways to just get it done so point number eight and the first point under this would be just partnering with a wide variety of referral sources right so whether that's uh, business partners and deal makers, you know, from investment banks to uh, accounting firms, all that sort of thing. And really just having a wide network of folks that can, you know, refer ideas to you. And what's good about some of these folks is that because they've got experience in the industry, and they've got experience with finance and different, um, you know, uh, functions in that space, they can somewhat pre-vet certain deals for you, right? So they'll know what your criteria is and they can bring opportunities to you that could be a fit, right? And sometimes these deals and these opportunities will come neatly packaged and they're, they're ready to go for you. 
the the drawback sometimes though is that depending on the partners they might also be shopping these deals to other folks in their community so it wouldn't necessarily be a proprietary opportunity but it is an opportunity that's been somewhat pre-vetted you know again the person knows your criteria they know the space and they can really be a, a great resource for you to at least get some opportunities into the pipeline and then you can take it from there so other funds could be an opportunity as well. You know, they could be looking at similar opportunities, but, you know, maybe you're an equity investor, they're a debt investor, and you want to come together to, you know, put some put some capital together to make a, a more attractive opportunity for a company. You can do that as well. Um, and also building a syndicate uh, of other like-minded investors so that, you know, you still get in, but you don't have to put up all the capital and, you know, be, be the one to lose all the sleep at night <laughs> over the opportunity. So, so that can be an opportunity for you as well. And again, you're all looking at the same space, so it can be a helpful idea in terms of where to get ideas from. Um, and then lastly, just other portfolio companies, right? So of course, you know, if you've got a CEO and, and a company that's doing well, sometimes, you know, the whole saying of birds of a feather, <laughs> the whole saying of birds of a feather flock together, um, you can get great ideas from other CEOs as well, because they're also going to other events and, you know, they're tapped into a certain community that might be that same community that you're trying to get more deals out of, right? So again, all these different buckets, sometimes, yes, there, there's drawbacks in terms of other, you know, competition and that sort of thing for opportunities. But again, this is all about just looking comprehensively at how can you get more ideas into your pipeline. And then once they're in the pipeline, then you can kind of take it from there. But you want to get more of the right types of opportunities in front of your in front of your on your desk so that you can take it from there and, and make the right calls. Okay, number nine, turn C grade deals into A and B grade deals. So again, a, a deal that comes across your desk that is, you know, a, a home, it looks like a home run. Um, it looks like an A plus opportunity. Something like that is obviously gonna have a lot of competition potentially, right? So what you kind of want to get good at is if you're only gonna be looking at those types of opportunities, you might have to get used to either overpaying or being in, a, in, in lots of competition for those opportunities. But if you can look at opportunities that are kind of C grade opportunities, so, you know, they're not total fails, but they're not the type of opportunity that someone else would look at and immediately say, oh, yeah, that's a great opportunity. If you can look at those sort of diamonds in the rough and know that you have the skill set and the, the ability to, to polish those up and turn them into A grade deals, then you'll have even better, you know, um, opportunity down the line. Um, and the reason for that is just, is just because things are just getting more and more competitive every day. And it seems like there's more capital out there than has a home to, to go to. So you're seeing opportunities that probably shouldn't be at a certain valuation. They're getting taken and they're getting bought up at valuations that you might think is ridiculous, but it's just because there's just so much competition. There's just so many dollars looking at only so many opportunities. So if you can look at some of those lesser opportunities and loop in other partners some of those business partners we talked about before advisory partners consultants um you know just different elements of your network that you can wrap around and say hey this isn't much of a looker but you know with a bit of um you know tender love and care we can improve it um to you know kind of an a grade level and then build on it from there and see the returns that we want to that we want to see you know that can be a much better way to 
get those outsized returns than by looking only for home runs where there's just a small, small, small amount of those out there. And the ones that are out there are being overcompeted on by every other fund out there. It just it's just a difficult strategy to take on. So having a bit more of a um you know, an eye for the unfinished can be can be helpful. Okay, number 10, everybody's favorite word, networking. Um, you don't want to slouch on your networking. This should be an integral part of your your day-to-day, your week-to-week. You know, you, you want to be averaging one to two events per week, I, I would say. I don't want to say minimum, but you shouldn't be letting uh, networking be kind of a monthly thing or something that, oh, when there's a special event, you go to that. You really want to make an effort to be out there interacting with the community and just putting your name and your face out there, getting business cards, getting ideas, connecting with people on LinkedIn, and just doing anything you can to build your profile, not just as a firm, but for yourself um, as a as a personality, you know, in, in the space, and that doesn't necessarily that doesn't necessarily mean you have to go out and become an influencer or anything like that. But your name, your face, your presence should be felt at all of these events that are in your community, so that when people think of of capital, when they think of raising, when they think of needing any kind of help or support, they come to you first. And then that way you can be, even if you're not providing capital, you can be a resource and it can be a two-way street. When they've got ideas that, you know, might not be a good fit for them or for someone in their circle, they might come to you and say, Hey, this could be an opportunity for you. And then you've just like that, you've got something else into your pipeline. And that all comes from networking at events and opportunities where you know, it might not always seem like the best place or the best use of your time, but sometimes those elements pay dividends afterwards, especially when you kind of treat networking as, you know, you meet somebody, you get them into your your LinkedIn or your, your database, whatever it happens to be, but then you, you know, you work those relationships, right? You check in here and there, you keep top of mind with folks, you share certain updates that you've been having and really just, you know, not just leave people as a, a name and a face in the back of your LinkedIn, but a real human that you're building a relationship with and a connection with that can be a two-way street of, uh, of, uh, of a benefit and an opportunity as ideas come up. Okay, and lastly, cold outreach. I said networking was everybody's favorite. This is everybody's favorite. <laughs> so cold outreach, whether it's by email or phone, you know, it's, sometimes it's honestly just tough to argue against picking up the phone and being okay with a certain level of rejection, but getting your name and voice or, or you know, your, your email right to the top of somebody's mind in one fell swoop, right? And if it's a no, it's a no, but you just move on to the next and that hopefully gets you closer to a yes. But if you're using all of these elements that we talked about before, these are all a lot of strategies that involve kind of, you know, building your presence and getting people to come to you. And that works to a very large degree, but sometimes to get that last mile, you kind of have to go to you got to go to the source you got to go directly to people and ask them you know are you looking are you looking to raise are you looking to partner with someone like us blah 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 and really just 
put yourself out there and again you'll get a lot of no's but you're looking for those one or two folks that could be a fit add to the pipeline follow them accordingly and then you know hopefully something comes from there but again these were 11 ideas hopefully that you guys found that useful again you don't have to use all of them pick choose and use what can be a fit for you and again if you found any of this helpful again like comment subscribe download share all that good stuff and uh hope to see you again soon cheers <laughs>